For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Market in the late 1800s. It's been a fixture in medicine cabinets just about everywhere. And for a good reason. It eases headaches. It soothes arthritis. It lowers fevers and prevents heart disease uh, with a caveat. And many even ward off some types of uh, of cancer. If it were discovered today, doctors would salute it as a medical breakthrough. We're talking about aspirin. But for some people, aspirin has a serious side effect, especially if taken regularly. Listen to this. At the same time, it's easing your pain. It can be causing an ulcer. At the same time, aspirin helps rid your body of fever. It can be causing serious damage to your digestive system. And aspirin is just one of many painkillers that we called a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. NSAID, N-S-A-I-D. It's an over-the-counter, but, you know, the this class of over in, over-the-counter drugs includes other painkillers like uh, um, ibuprofen, um, naparin, um, Oh, and you know them all. Look in your medicine cabinet. You probably have a list of them. And and there's about 15 different prescription drugs that are under that label. They can be dangerous. They can cause many issues. And you need to know what they're doing to you. Stay tuned. Go nowhere. Today is August the 31st. Oh, my God. August is history. And this is a live broadcast. 
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are on this great planet. My name is India Holloway. I am a international colon hydrotherapist. I am an iridologist, the lecturer, and an author of a book entitled The Body Doesn't Know How to Die. And uh, I'm here every week. I, I, I want to always start by thanking my regular listeners out there for joining us. I tell you, and, and I get, you know, responses and questions and things, emails from all over the world from this radio broadcast. So we're everywhere. So thank you for for listening on a routine basis. And for those that are listening in for the first time, want to say howdy and thanks for being there. And we always invite you to come back again next week at this very same time. Uh, every Wednesday from 10 to 11. And if you care to join us on this broadcast, if you have a comment or you want to chime in or or just uh, say hi, uh, give us a call here at 310-928-7733. Or if you're a little bit shy, drop us a line at Inner Light Radio at yahoo.com. I'll read the question or comment over the air and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, to start out, always, always got to give thanks to our men and women in uniform, our brave, selfless men and women in uniform in the armed forces. Thank you for your job. I salute you. And while we're giving gratitude and love to you, how about let's throw in our first responders, firemen, police officers, school teachers, nurses. There's a host of you out there that give service. Thank you for your job. Thank you for your selfless selfless um, jobs that you do for us. want to say this. This broadcast is not meant to heal or cure or treat any disease, but what we will do is educate you on your body. And when I say we, I'm talking about my sister, my co-host, my confidant, Ms. Meta Nasa. Good morning, Meta. And good morning to you. All right. So, Meta... Last time we were on the air together, we shared an episode that you had where you uh, fell out, became non-responsive, your heart went wonky, and you stopped breathing, and you went into a grand mall seizure, looked like you were doing the funky chicken we want to bring our listeners up to date because I know they're curious to know how you're doing. Well, surprisingly, I have had no other effects from that. Amazing. And, you know, like I said, it was the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. A reaction from that, from me gritting my teeth when I was standing up and I stopped breathing as I was doing this and my body went bunkers. Okay, 
But since then, let me let me just uh, say this to the listeners. You see, when you are doing the best you can with your body, and and Meta, you have a lot of health issues that you have to deal with on a routine basis. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And these health issues, with all that you have to go through, you track your body very well, and you know how it's doing at any given time. If you can help it and track with it, you're doing fine mm-hmm. with nominal amount of issues like we're talking about today, pain medications. Are you in any kind of pain? No. None whatsoever. Praise God anyhow. Okay. But I'll tell you what. Mm. Yeah. Um, when I was in the hospital, the nurse came around to dispense medications and went to give me pain medication. I said, I don't have pain. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't. She could not believe that. Well, but with all her, the issues that you had gone through just that day and all that's you have gone through uh, it, uh, for a many amount of years, you would think you would have some kind of pain. Right. But well, one, one of the reasons I have pain is because I eat a, um, uh, what do you call it, the anti-inflammatory diet. Excellent. And yeah, now, let me let me the, do this, Meta, really quick, because we have a caller that just called in. I want to make sure I take care of that before you finish your thought. Caller, okay. are you there? Uh, yes, I am. And who are we speaking to, please? Uh, my name is Rosa Campson, calling from Michigan. Hi, Rosa. Uh, hi. And hi. thanks for calling from Michigan. So do you mm-hmm. have a comment or do you want to add something to our broadcast today, Rosa? Uh, yes. Um, I'm just now joining the conversation, so I don't know what's been discussed prior to this time. But what I wanted to say is that uh, African Americans, we need to be really careful in the prescription drugs that we are prescribed because there are some medications, quite a few, on the market that are contraindicated for African Americans. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, um, some of the newer generation uh, hypertensive medications um, have been wreaking havoc in the black community. And um, these medications are, are just freely prescribed to African Americans and most doctors um, are not um, knowledgeable about the the research that is behind that medication. They frequently get a visit from a pharmaceutical rep- representative who hypes the medication and offers some perks, and uh, the physician, you know, prescribes the medication. Okay, but so when- this is the deal, um, Rosa. It's not just African-Americans, it's all Americans. And when we're talking about drugs, uh, maybe, yes, uh, you know, hypertensive drug is contraindicative, but guess what? If you are taking other drugs, 
I don't care what color you are. If you're crippled, cross-eyed, blind, crazy, fat, and angry, you will have a contraindication just based on drugs on top of drugs. How about this? Food on top of certain drugs. Okay, and I understand that, sister. But having been a healthcare executive um, in a major healthcare system for over 30 years, I, I'm just speaking from uh, my experience and, and what I know because you know I had to know this this information. But there are mm-hmm. some genetic differences at the gene level which are not being taken in consideration when it comes to African-Americans. Uh, for example, the ACE um, hypertensive medication, black people should not take that because if they're taking other drugs or if they're not taking other, uh, other drugs, it can lead to what's called angioedema. And if that happens and the person is not aware of what's happening and immediately does not get to the hospital, they drop dead. So I'm talking about medications one-on-one when you take them that will cause severe, you know, there's so many other things. Um, prescription meds are huge in our society, but the over-the-counter medications are even huger is that the right word is amazing how people when they have a pain will take an aspirin and that's what we're going to talk about today we're on the subject of over the counter medication and we'll tie those in with the prescription medications and go ahead actually it is both prescribed and non-prescription drugs that we have to be acutely aware of. And most people are not aware of the danger of prescription medications. And at some point, you know, uh, we have to kind of um, alert the um, general public because there's more information out there about over-the-counter, but when it comes to prescribed medications, most of us are in the complete dark about how severe the problem is. It and you is know something else? Do you know something else? Even though they're in the dark and completely out of the loop of what's going on because they only go to their doctor when there's an issue, And when there's issues, you're in a chronic situation, perhaps, or uh, you're in a crisis. And if that's the case, whatever the doctor tells them, they're going to take as gospel. And we can preach, we can preach all day long, but when one is in pain, they'll do anything. They they don't even hear this. Right, but we're talking about things other than pain, too, you know, not just pain. That is, you know, somewhat different, what, you what know, take, but I'm talking about, you know. In, uh, what takes most people in at the top of the list is pain, chronic fatigue, and people who have no clue what that thing is that's aching up under that skin. 
Exactly. But then on the other hand, we're talking about people that go in that feel no pain and end up on a prescription of ACE inhibitors, Mm. you know, Mm. or statin drugs for, you know, high cholesterol and other drugs for situations that do not cause pain. But I just wanted to call in and just alert everybody that's listening to be careful in your prescription drugs to do a little bit of research and find out what, um, if, number one, the drug has been tested on African Americans and then what Mm -hmm. the uh, reaction or results have been. I think we will be really surprised what we find. So that's all I wanted to call in and, and Why, say. Thank so you, Rosa. I do appreciate Meta, the time. Meta, do you want to comment on Rosa from Michigan? Well, I, I really appreciate it because in 1993, when I was working with the Red Cross, they wanted to um, dispense uh, medications in separation of color and ethnicity, etc., and I had never heard of that before. And so I went on the hunt to find out if this was true or not. And um, sure, surely it was that the difference with African-Americans in taking you to trying to utilize certain drugs does not work. And so we have to know what they are. And in order to um, aid in whatever situation it is that we're faced with and not just to pop pills. And that's very important. And, and as Rosa said, do a little research. It's not hard. You've got a computer. Everybody's got a computer of some sort. If it's on the cell phone, your, your, your cell phone, your pad, your computer at home, Google and find out. <laughs> Google, Google is your best friend, people. Google mm-hmm. knows everything. And Meta, last week I said that and I got an email from a guy who says, you think Google knows it all? You don't know my wife. <laughs> I know. And I said, well, that's why you're with her because she's keeping you in good order. So, Rosa, um, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. It sounds like you're a very important person in a very important position to help others. And perhaps you should consider, I'm serious about this, getting a broadcast yourself. Or maybe we can talk to you at another time so that we can get all the information, have you share a lot more with our listeners. How about that? Well, that sounds fine. Uh, I'm um, a um, I'm I'm a doer, you know. So, you know, I try to put my knowledge, you know, to work in in, in action. And uh, I am involved in, you know, educating some physicians in Africa on drug resistant uh, tuberculosis and, and and HIV. So, I'm already on the ground acting you know, and uh, trying to uh, make a change. But, you know, I, you know, am available for any future discussion or, you know, what have you. But, um, you know, 
for me, you know, the time for doing a lot of talking is over. I'm actually out there doing right now. Okay. So, well, uh, keep yeah. up the, uh, you know, keep that banner raised. Yeah. Keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. We always appreciate people like you that are out here that are doers. Okay? Okay. Okay. Thanks, thank you. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, that was a, a great response, Meta, for mm-hmm. um, for Rosa out of Michigan. And I want to say to all our listeners that we we do try to give you enough information that makes you curious enough to go do your own research. Because please don't take our word for it. Whatever we share with you, we have. Been there, done that, study it consistently. We are always doing our research to find the latest uh, breakthroughs of medical information that's out there. And we bring it to you right here on the Inner Light Radio. So if, like Rosa, you have a question, a comment, or you want to share with us information, reach us at 310-928-7733. And uh, you can get us on innerlightradio at yahoo.com. Today, for those that are just chiming in with us, we're talking about why should you take or I should say, why should you never take an over-the-counter painkiller, especially before you work out? Because, well, let me explain a couple things about how the research works. Um, And this is a, a wellness center research meta in Colorado that says, um, if you pop an over-the-counter painkiller, Before you go work out, it is not going to work. And and a lot of people are sore. They have sore muscles. They may even have an injury. And then they're taking a a painkiller for that uh, muscle that's gone wonky or that injury that's giving them a a great fit. These painkillers affect the entire body. Ever thought about how do you know that the pain medication is going to that knee or the big toe? Uh, how does it know not to affect the whole body? It, it's amazing how we just take things not knowing how they're affecting us. So this is what happens when I say it affects the entire body, according to this research, um, the you have what's called COX, and it's it's this whole long word, right? It's it's spelled capital C, capital O, capital X enzymes, and a COX enzyme is there naturally in the body. And it's kind of like a lining that protects us and lets us know that there is something wrong. You have pain is an indication. You have swelling, redness, 
the indication is an inflammation. And this COX enzyme is there to let us know that this is happening. But if you take a painkiller, it blocks that. That's why the inflammation goes away. That's why you don't feel the pain. But it happens all over the body. And worse, it affects the neural transmission in the brain. So it screws you up. Makes you a little bit on the wonky side. It messes with your memory and a whole host of other things. But this is the part that we know that when this is happening to you, it affects your gut when you take a Tylenol or when you take an ibuprofen. It affects your stomach. Now, we know that the mouth is the portal to the rest of the body. In other words, you eat, you get nutrition, you get uh, nutrients, uh uh, for heat, for movement, for your body to live, to do its job. Food is fuel for energy. Oh, my goodness. And we eat for entertainment. It's not to entertain the taste buds. So when we have things going in and we just caused ourselves a little <clears throat> inflammation, like heartburn and stuff, and we take a, a Tylenol or ibuprofen, and NSAID, what we just did was block certain things that naturally should happen in the body. And we screw up the lining of the stomach. We screw up the lining of the uh, small intestines. So if we're going to screw that up, knowing that your small intestines is where 75% of your immune system lives, is, and resides, you just took something that slowed that down or set that into a tailspin. So you want to know that when you, you need to know this, that when you take an anti-inflammatory pain medication, you are causing holes to be eaten in your stomach, in the lining of your intestines, and, and your COX enzyme is suppressed. And this is going to cause other aggravations, um, not just your gut barrier, where your your um, 90% of your uh, nutrients are absorbed into your bloodstream to feed the rest of the body is there, and you just threw that one into a tailspin. And um, there's all kinds of things that happen where you don't even know that this is going on. We heard Rosa... Uh, express how a lot of the uh, medications, the prescription meds 
uh, that is taken for high blood pressure. Yeah, and she mentioned high blood pressure because uh, high blood pressure in African Americans are at the highest of all people in America. I can't speak for the rest of the world. Can speak for Americans because of the foods we eat. And Meta, you were mentioning about how you have evaded and avoided having issues with pain, even though you suffer from how many different uh... diagnoses? Yeah. Um, and when you say suffer, okay, have, so you I'm... are diagnosed with how many different? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight, and I didn't stutter. Disorders. And, and one of them, and this occurred when I was 26, rheumatoid and lupus. When I was 26, and I'm 66 as of the 27th. Happy belated so, birthday, baby. Thank you, thank you. And, you know, the one thing I didn't want, and you can remember this because I we lived together at the time, I was in such pain. Oh, you were I wanted, miserable. I wanted my feet cut off. And what and was the way. pain medications you were taking then? Uh, the shoebox full of medication was uh, from uh, prednisone, cortisone, gold injections. Mm. Um, what's that one? Uh, um, but it was oh, a pain medication. All of the pain. I started out mildly with Motrin, Motrin and Ecotrin, mm. and then moved on up the scale. So, and when you went from one to the other, was it mm-hmm. because one stopped working for you and you just wanted to try something else that would do the job a little more effectively? Actually, none of them worked. Oh. Oh! <laughs> Gee. No, I was in a wheelchair. Oh, geez. None of you know, them worked, but you were taking you, them anyway. Well, like How obvious that, is that with most people? And when the doctor said, and he was a specialist, the rheumatologist, he said, take these, take these. And not even thinking about he was practicing. Hmm. You know, trying to figure out, you know, swinging by the seat of the pants, which one would work. Mm-hmm. So, no, and then when I realized that they were not working and the side effects were so devastating, he says, so is there anything else I can do for you today? I said, yes, I want to come off of drugs. He says, you can't. I said, why not? He said, it could be fatal. I said, then I'll die trying. And he helped to wean me off of all medication. I came off of all medication in 1984. January, and never to go back on it again. Mm. Right, because I took it. I was researching while I was there. But and, what, uh, and, and all that's good. But most people don't do any kind of research at all. And like Rosa had mentioned, you know, we need to take a little time before we put it in our face to figure Mm -hmm. out exactly what it's doing 
And then that's not going to stop a lot of people who are wimps when it comes to pain. Mm -hmm. They'll take anything. And just like you would die trying to get off the medication, they'll die taking the medication. Mm -hmm. Knowing that the medication is killing them. Mm -hmm. That I, I, I just have a hard time with, with, with dealing with people. And that is one of the reasons why with my calendar as full as it is, there are certain people I cannot help. Uh, and they come to me from all angles. Right now I'm working with a guy that's stage four, uh, colon cancer. Oh wow. Stage four. You know, I can't fix it. You know, there's nothing I can do, but I can make him feel more comfortable and give him some guidance or some things that he could possibly do, places he could go. Um, uh, it, it's, it's a shame, but with people like him who is willing to do whatever necessary, and let me tell you what his onset started and how it started because a lot of you out there listening are going through the same thing and it started out with him with his stress levels were extremely high and with stress in the body it secretes a uric acid that is like rusting to a tin can it's breaking the body down Mm -hmm. And with him going through this, he goes to the doctor and the doctor is giving him uh, medication for he, he started having swelling in his uh, lymph nodes. Well, you know, if we see this, we have a whole different approach to the mm -hmm. lymph nodes because we know that that's the immune system. We know that the immune system is clogged and backed up. And mm -hmm. it, it, if now this person is taking medication and all medication causes what? Constipation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the saying in the uh, alternative world is that you clean the body first and then you fortify it. You clean it. And then you give it the nutrients it needs to do its job. Right. The body knows what to do. And it's not saying I'm deficient in aspirin. It's not saying I'm deficient in ibuprofen. It's saying fix it. So when one takes an aspirin, and this is according to the uh, College of Gastroenterology, 60% of approximately uh, 14 million patients with arthritis who consume the NSAIDs, the over-the-counter medication for pain, mm -hmm. regularly will develop side effects uh, from that and other drugs. Mm -hmm. This is the gastro. And that means that although most are minor per se, the side effects to the stomach causes bleeding ulcers, uh, holes in the tissue, even 
death in some cases. So you have to be real careful when you start having uh, pains and and just go for the okie doke, which is all of these, uh, you know, we're so easy to brainwash. All we have to do is watch a commercial. Mm-hmm. And we see the commercial and it talks about the side effects of heart issues and so on and so forth. But you know what? It's a drug and it will eat a hole in your gut somewhere along the line. And it's life threatening, people. Come on. So if you, and I think Meta with most people, what they, what they look at is I don't have time. I don't have time to go to the doctor today or I don't have time to think about what a research would do. Uh, I need to just get rid of the pain so I can go to work. I just need to get rid of the pain so I can feel better, so I can think because it throws everything off. And it's even worse when you start taking the pain medication. And especially aspirin. Aspirin. And we talked about this at, you know, at the risk of being redundant. Aspirin is white willow bark. I think we all should know that by now. At least my listeners know this. But you still go out and buy aspirin or you still take an aspirin a day because the doctor said so uh hmm uh, aspirin a day i think most black folks are on an aspirin a day just on gp mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's a baby aspirin <laughs> i'm chuckling because they won't give it to babies and it's not a wee wee aspirin it's still an aspirin so what makes it a baby aspirin? <clears throat> uh, it used to be that they gave it to babies. Do you remember that, Manta? I know you do. I do. Mm-hmm. They used to give baby aspirins to babies. They don't anymore. Mm-mm. Little pink pills. Yeah, little pink aspirin. Mm-hmm. Crushed it up, put in the applesauce. Oh, listen at you. <laughs> and gave it to the babies. Gave but you know what they discovered? The mm-hmm. babies were bleeding to death. Because mm-hmm. their systems were so delicate. Mm-hmm. Now, as an adult, we're not as delicate, but it's still eating a hole in the gut. You mm-hmm. got that? Boy, <clears throat> what you don't know could kill you. <laughs> surely or you'll wish you were dead because of the suffering that you will incur Mm -hmm. the danger is real and you have to know how many and according to what is this graduate of medicine there's more than 100,000 Americans that are hospitalized every year with gastro problems caused by NSAIDs. Shall I repeat that, Meta? Yes, I think you should. 
more than 100,000 Americans are hospitalized every year for intestinal trouble by taking aspirin and other insects. Holy roly. And we Sounds want, like, uh, say that again, Meta. Sounds like you uh, have job security. I do. I so do. As mm-hmm. a colon hydrotherapist, folks come into me, and these are the types of things that I teach to them. And I always have to, Meta, I say this at least once a day. It is written that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I teach this stuff every day. And for those that are willing to listen, and I know who they are, and I get rid of those that are wasting my time and their money. Mm-hmm. For those that are, are coming in to see me all the time. They, uh, a lot of times, they just come and lay on the table just to hear me talk. Because I'm the, I'm the preacher of knowledge to them for their body, for their body. Because their body is unlike any other body on planet Earth. You have the only body of its kind. What I do is I assess this one and only body and I start filtering information to you about yeah. that body. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And if you're not willing to listen or poo-poo these things, you will suffer and then die. Suffer and then die. You're backing off of planet Earth. When we're talking about um, aspirin and painkillers, as a white willow bark, uh, I told the story before uh, how I broke my wrists and they wanted to give me pain medication and I refused it because I know the stuff. I know the devil. When I refused it, they looked at me kind of head cocked back and mouth perched and, uh, and I'm saying, I just don't take that stuff. You will, the doctors would say. And I say, no, I won't. Because mm-hmm. I know white willow bark is, is a, is an aspirin. That's all it is. It's an aspirin. But the aspirin has chemicals in it to make it work faster. Okay. Give it a minute and it will do the same thing. It will stop the pain or cease the pain or diminish the pain. To a great deal. My combination of supplement was um, a combination of the white willow bark, the balsualia, which is a uh, natural painkiller. It mimics the body's own morphine. Ooh, that's heavy duty. And so white willow bark, balsualia, And one herb called devil's claw, which is helping with the inflammation. 
my pain subsides. It goes all the way down, way past tolerable. Even though it's a little bit of something still there, it's tolerable. Mm-hmm. And and I have tested it on others that come into me that have had like migraines since forever. And we do something this simple. We clean the system and then we give it the nutrients it needs. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Done. Done. You I, know I mean, when? I, go ahead, Meta. When when my husband and I were packing for the, this trip across the country, now we drove. You know, um, he says, "Do you have everything? What do you need as a toiletry?" I said, "Get my enema bucket." <laughs> now most people would say, "What?" You know, what is she talking about? She's going to pack an enema. Well, I do because, like you said, this is a part of the regimen to flush out when your body changes, especially in altitudes and weather. Um, you need to, your body shifts into a different uh, mode when you're in a different zone. And it makes your body become a little irregular. So I don't want to miss a beat. So I've got my little bucket bag or whatever it is. And and for my any kind of pain, um, to ward off any kind of pain in my body from walking or doing whatever I'm doing, I make sure I have the noni juice with some aloe vera, boswellia, um, Astragalus and um, there was one other thing but uh, making sure that I get the antioxidants the um, anything for pain so to make sure I don't have any because traveling is stressful and well um, let's let's back up just a hair Meta because since, because you weren't on the broadcast with me last week, and right. folks were probably wondering, since the week before you talked about your episode, um, mm-hmm. what happened? Well, Meta was on the road. Her and hubby giddy up and went from Colorado to Maryland in a car with a dog. The dog weighs more than I do, okay? This is a huge puppy. And this doggy, which is one of my favorite dogs on planet Earth, uh, decided he's going to go along with the program. And he's with you guys, right? But when Mm -hmm. you, like you said, you are changing temperatures, and it's it's humid back there, right? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, everybody's panting like lizards. <laughs> I didn't know a lizard panting. Okay, so it's hot, it's humid, even if it's, what's the temperature? I don't know what that is. Um, 88. 88, oh, excuse me. 88 degrees with the humidity being almost 110. 
makes it 110 degrees. Right. You're doing real good, Meta. I'm I'm very proud of you. I'm hanging in there. I'm so ready to leave, but I have to wait for this doctor to come back from out of town so we can have this meeting. But I'll tell you what. If you do not, going back to what you were saying, if you do not take care of your needs when you are in transition in any kind of direction, then you will uh, hit a wall. You will hit a wall, and you've got to do things to prepare for your journey. Mm-hmm. And that journey could just be life's journey. As mm-hmm. you get older, I, I school the younger people all the time that are still in their 20s, and I see quite a few of those still mm-hmm. in their 20s um, that one day you're going to turn 30 and then 40 and then 50. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, if you haven't prepared for that journey uh, of life changes because your body changes every 10 years, you have a whole new system. Um, I know we were young once, Meta, and we never thought we were going to age. We mm-hmm. never thought we were going to not look good. We never thought that the hair would fall out and the skin would wrinkle and, you know, but it does. And if you're not doing the right thing, one of my guys yesterday, I had not ever seen him before, so he was new. He came in, and he's only 45, and you know that's the risk factor zone for black men in America um, in their 40s. And he looked and felt like he was 80 mm. because of ignoring certain things in his body. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. giving it the wrong stuff. And the wrong stuff causes constipation. And he was constipated up the yin-yang from mm-hmm. taking pain medications. And and his stomach swelled. And then a doctor took out his gallbladder. And this went crazy. And he took another medication. And that went crazy. And by the time he turned 45, he's a hot mess. A hot mess. And now he wants relief. And he only came to me because he's so backed up and constipated and gas is bloating up in there. His belly's big and puffy. And and all I did literally was deflate the guy. Mm-hmm. The gas came out. The poop came out. And he... He walked out and his wife looked at him and go, oh, my God, look at him. Because <laughs> he was walking upright. He was moving fast. He wasn't crunched over and scuffling during the Palmer house because he couldn't pick up. Uh-huh. His- uh, you know, something as simple as cleaning out the body starts this journey. And mm-hmm. he's willing now to do just about anything I- he thinks I created a miracle. It's not a miracle. This is typical. This is what should happen. This is what the body should be doing. And, you know, to take him off certain foods 
because that was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain foods you can't eat anymore. By the time people leave from me, they got a volume of information, the do's and don'ts. I call it walking papers. Here are your walking papers. <laughs> this is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to avoid. This is what you should look out for. Uh, they have pages of information when they leave me from just getting deflated. Knowledge is powerful. And that's what, that's what we do. We pass it on. And if you have ears to hear, let them hear. Please do. And, you know, we can go on and on with this, but, you know, I think they, they get the, the message. You can Mm -hmm. take the medication and it's going to block certain things. You're, you're going to take the medication because you need to get up and go to work and you're having menstrual cramps. So you take an aspirin or ibuprofen or whatever your favorite over-the-counter pain medication is. Know this. You will suffer even more in 10 years. And you're going to up that ante. And now you're in the system. Believe me, and this is what I call it, you are in the system and they will keep you there as long as you go in and have a complaint. Meta, what what was it you said when you were having your episode a couple weeks back and and you were in the ambulance? And the the first responder was asking you questions and, and you know, attending to you. And the one thing you were going through was you were moaning. Tell them that story. I wasn't moaning because I was in pain or anything. I was moaning because I felt I felt the motion of the vehicle and them picking me up on the stretcher. I mean, all this moving around, bouncing around, I'm going, oh. And she says, do you have, plus the light from the outside was very bright. And she asked me if I was in pain. And I I said, no, but she had a syringe ready. to, (laughs) And it looked pretty big. But nonetheless, I said, no, I don't have any pain. No. And she says, why are you holding your head? I said, she said, do you have a headache? I said, no. And then I was holding my abdominal area, and she says, do you have pain in the abdominal area? And I said, uh, no. Um, but you were feeling a little nauseous. I, I said, I'm, now I'm feeling nauseous. And she pulled that, whipped, I don't know where she had all these things, but she whipped it out and injected it into my IV. I said, now, I won't be saying another word. I'm going to stop moaning. <laughs> See, that's what I'm getting at. The mm-hmm. minute you go to your physician and you have a complaint, a pain, an ache, a situation, and they are not going to look at, okay, here's the problem. Let's take care of the problem. They're going to just treat the the symptom. That's it. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a doctor and you have a headache, it could be that you're constipated. Mm-hmm. It could be you have a headache because you're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. It could mm-hmm. be you have a headache because you took another over-the-counter medication 
that set something off in your body. And yet you go to the doctor and they're going to treat you for the symptom. I, re- I refer to it as chasing the rabbits. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to catch one. No, you're just in the system of going down that rabbit hole and going through the system. That's it. So <clears throat> if you, excuse me for that, but if you have any kind of issues, you need to do your homework. You do not need to take a medication because of it. If you know that there are alternative measures out there, and if you don't trust it, do your research. And a lot of people don't trust what I tell them, so I just write it down and say, go to Google. Figure it out, and then come back to me if you have any other questions. I definitely don't want them to take my word for it. One thing I understand is why I had 28, 26, 8 diagnosis, and I was on one patient mm-hmm. for the insulin for type uh, autoimmune type 3 diabetes. Autoimmune mm. type 3 diabetes. And most of them have Well, we're getting every other word from you, Meta. So I'm going to go to Tina. That's a caller coming in. Tina, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hello, Hello. Tina. Where are you calling from? From London. London. So, Tina, thank you very much for the phone call. Do you have a question for us? Um, Yes. So, I have a daughter who is type 1 diabetic. She's 16 and um, has been since she was 11. So, it's five years now. And I have a husband who's type 2. Um, So, my my question is, as a mum and uh, as a teenager, you know, it's usually not that easy. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a mom, what's in, in, you know, either the listener's experience or your own experience, um, what, what's usually like the best way to kind of get your child to really take on board that, you know, particularly with type 1, that it's a lifelong, you know, condition, but actually it doesn't stop them from, you know, achieving anything they want to achieve. But because sometimes you'd miss taking her insulin, for example, and we all mm-hmm. know that that's not necessarily ideal. So uh, as a mum, I guess I'm looking for um, other people's experience or support in how best to support my daughter without being, you know, too much of a nagging mum. Uh, Meta, you want to address that? Type 1, I don't have a lot of study behind that. Right, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, what we're doing right here right now is the reason why you call is education, correct? Yes. yes. You have to continue to continue to influence your daughter by yeah. educating her and letting her know how serious this is a serious condition. It is. Yeah. And it and it starts with the immune system. So to apply uh, support around the immune system, which is 
Where India? Most of it? In the in, gut. In, in the gut. Whatever she eats is going, her body's going to respond and react around what she eats. And then the teenager is stressful. Yeah. For her to pick her battles and help to keep stress at bay. Cool. Because it will not only go into, uh, autoimmune type 3 diabetes and it's a catch-all for a lot of stress in the body from a, a suppressed immune system. Yeah. Um, if you didn't come with it, then you acquire it, like your husband. Yeah. He acquired his, so he can undo what's been done. Your yeah. daughter is young enough that she can undo what's been done. Yeah. Okay, so um, what's going to happen at this point is that... <clears throat> What we're going to do is give you information for hubby because he's the one that has acquired this disease and can take it on into, you know, later in life. Uh, yeah. I have had people young come to me that started out as diabetics as teenager and then by the time they're 30, they're on dialysis. You need to know that her food is the main thing. And talking to these young people, their food was their biggest nemesis. Yeah. And if you are not feeding them properly, and hubby's the same way. I mean, he's just, you know, a man that likes what he likes. But he cannot just eat anything, and you will be taking care of him somewhere down the line when that mm -hmm. diabetic medication and all the other things that he's doing add up, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So best things to do, since you are the mom, I like the way you say that, you are <laughs> the mom. You need to take good care of these people as best you can and show as an example. Yeah. All right? Oh, um, yeah. And if you listen in to next week's broadcast, we'll expound a little more. We're at the end of the show. Uh, and I appreciate that you called from London, Tina, uh, uh, to get information. But stay tuned for next week, and we'll talk a little bit more on diabetes. It's a subject that should constantly be out there Thank and you. talked Thank about. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate All right. The time. Thank you. Thank you. Meta? Yes. Where can we reach you, darling? Um, okay. Meta's computer is a little bit off today. So. Okay. So, metanasa at hotmail.com. And you can reach me. My name is India Holloway, your host here on the Inner Light Radio. You can reach me each week at the Inner Light Radio at yahoo.com. Always send us a, a comment or information. But 
India's Healthy Living at yahoo.com. You can get me directly. So until next week at this very same time, I want to say with love and great gratitude, ciao for now.